0: By the way, um, I saw a few of you guys come in late. If you haven't given me your email address and you want to receive the church announcements, please do that. So you'll receive the church announcements and uh, you'll know what's going on. As the pastor of an international church, as I said to you last week, um, you feel an obligation to preach on certain topics annually. I almost never get that done. I almost always fail uh, to get that done. Last week we talked about the Bible. I didn't preach from the Bible. I preached on the Bible. It is the inerrant, infallible, reliable Word of God. Uh, we talked a lot about that. If you missed it and you're interested, it's on the podcast site. You can go listen to it. It's been 18 months since I preached on baptism, and every time I preach on baptism, we have baptisms. Um, it's funny how that happens. Uh, it's been 18 months since we've had a baptism. Um, Claudia, who was, said goodbye to you last week, um, she was the last person that was baptized in this church 18 months ago, along with, um, don't tell me, I know. Um, he's, from, he's a Dutch guy. Um, but his name just left me. What's his, D- Dwayne. Dwayne, the car guy. The car guy. He, he designs cars that I'll never be able to afford. To buy. Um, and I've had, interestingly enough, a couple of inquiries of late about baptism. And when I start getting inquiries, I know that it's I'm past due and I need to speak to it again. Um, this is an important message. Even if you've been baptized, um, this is an important message for each of us. Um, but for those of you who haven't been baptized or haven't been baptized in the way the, the Bible prescribes, this message will be particularly important for you. And let me just say this at the outset. <laughs> when I get through preaching this this sermon, and of course you have questions to ask, but if you've come to know Christ and you've not yet followed Him in Biblical believer's baptism, and I'm going to explain to you what that is. Let me just say up front, it's just, it's just disobedience. Okay, It's just disobedience. That's, there's, there's, you, can't, you can't gloss over this. You, you can't put a, a nice face on this. God could not be more clear in His Word what He commands His disciples to do. And if you haven't done it, it's just disobedience. That's, okay, I'm not going to try to put a, a pretty face on it. It's just what it is. Some of you were baptized, maybe as infants. You can't find that in the Bible. This is not This is not biblical baptism. Now, I know it's some denominations um, do this, but it's it, you can't find this in the Bible. This is something that men have made up. If you were baptized as, as an infant, I, I encourage you to listen to what the Word of God has to say. Some of you were baptized merely uh on a denominational level level from peer or parental pressure. I'll tell you my story a little bit later. That's what happened to me. It was just something 8-year-old kids were supposed to do. So I did it with the rest of the 8-year-old kids. It didn't mean anything to me. Some of you would fit in that description as well. And I'll just say this. For those of you who are born again and you were baptized shortly thereafter, Some of you here maybe just need to remember your first love and why you committed yourself to Christ. And some of us just need to take a step back and say, where has my Christianity gone since my baptism? Because I'm going to tell you, there's only one reason to get baptized, and it's not to join a church. The only God-pleasing reason to be baptized is that you love Christ. You have been born again. You believe He's your Lord. You believe He's your Savior. And you love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, although it's imperfect at times, we all understand. You love Him and you give yourself away to Him. This is biblical baptism, right? This is—it is It is nothing less than that. Obviously, there are a lot of practices in what is called the modern church. Um, so does it really matter what practice a church has with respect to baptism. Yes, it does if you're a Bible believing church. It matters because God is very clear. There's no ambiguity here. He's extremely clear about what he expects from those who claim to be his. There's again, there's no uncertainty in what Jesus is talking about. As we talked about last week All we do at ICM is the Word of God. So, as you might suspect, when we baptize someone, it's just, you know, like the Bible prescribes. We don't do anything else. We don't add to it. We don't take away from it. We just do what the Bible tells us to do. In 19 years, pardon me, 14 years, and 92 nationalities have come through this church. And obviously, we have a lot of diversity diversity is good but how do we how do we merge all that diversity and manage that diversity i only appeal to one thing i appeal to this this is all i appeal to okay i don't appeal to anything else now you're you're invited anytime i preach something that you find contrary to this i not only invite you to do it i want you to do it i want you to to email me and say jim you're preaching the wrong thing my bible says something else now, if I'm ever preaching anything contrary to what your Bible says, we need, to, we need to talk. And if I'm convinced you're right, I'll change my sermon tomorrow. Okay? So, we just want to know what God... It doesn't matter. I say this to you a lot, but it doesn't matter what you think. doesn't matter what I think. All that matters is what God think, thinks. It doesn't matter what the Pope says. doesn't matter what the Patriarch says. doesn't matter what famous preachers from Nigeria... Where'd she go? Say, does it matter? It doesn't matter. What matters is what God has said in His Word. So we don't have a denominational perspective. We only have a biblical one. So, as you know, there's a lot of varying practices and I would even use the word confusion in what is called the modern... Church. But God has commanded His people. You know the Great Commission. You just tell me what it says. What is your job? What is my job? What is it? Go and make church members. Wait, that's not right. Go and make Baptists. Go and make Presbyterians. Go and make Episcopalians, whatever. What did Jesus say? Go make disciples. And what? Baptize them. Okay? This is in the Great Commission. These are the red words Go, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is, I have two things on my job description make disciples and baptize them. I can do this, right? You don't have to be a brain surgeon to be a pastor, right? You just need to be able to read and have some. You know, average comprehension skills. It's not that difficult. So, the Lord left two ordinances uh, for the church. Baptism and communion. And we'll be celebrating communion later this evening. Baptism is a symbol. And the best analogy I can draw is a man who's in love with a woman, right? And he goes and buys a symbol. And he has it in his pocket and he takes this woman to a really nice place and they have a really good time. And it's a really beautiful, romantic moment. And he he asks this woman a very important question. And he has this symbol in his pocket. And if she says yes... He takes that symbol out of his pocket and he puts it on her finger. Now, what just happened? What just happened? What I'm telling you is this is the analogy for baptism. What just happened? One party committed themselves wholly and completely and utterly to the other party and the the second party reciprocated. Okay? The ring, the marriage ring is a perfect symbol for, for baptism. It's nothing less than wholesale commitment one to the other. Of course, Jesus' commitment to us is measured in his blood. But baptism is how we commit back to him in a public way. Okay? You say, Jim, what was the, in the first century, what was the way to really make a stand and profess Christ as Lord and Savior? It was to be baptized. And of course, for a first century Jew to be baptized, it cost him everything. Okay? It cost him everything. For us, it's a lot easier. But it hasn't changed. In, in the 21st century, the way we publicly align ourselves with Jesus Christ is through baptism. It's what the Lord has said in His Word. So the symbol of a ring between a husband and a wife, baptism is exactly the same. It's, it's a symbol in that sense It's about a heart fully engaged and wholly in love. And if your baptism was anything less than that, I I lovingly say you might want to revisit it. If it was merely a religious thing you did because your mom and dad wanted you to, the deacons wanted you to, the pastor wanted you to, and you felt guilty because little Johnny got baptized and he's your best friend and you want to go along with him. All I'm saying to you is this is huge. This is vitally important. Why did you get baptized if you've been baptized? There's only one reason to do it. I'm God's. And I'm saying to the whole world, I'm God's. I'm no longer mine. You know the imagery. We go down under the water. What is that? Death and burial. We come up out of the water. What is that? Resurrection to newness of life in Christ. It's the imagery. It's the imagery. We die to ourselves. The the imagery of immersion baptism is absolutely phenomenal. So what you're saying is I love this God so much. I can't stand it if you don't baptize me. Now that's my standard for baptism. I won't baptize anybody if I don't see it in their eye. And yes, I can be deceived. Some of you know. I can be deceived. There are men walking the streets of Milan that I've baptized who have left the church. This is one of the hardest things that can happen to a pastor. You know, our, my goal is to make sure that you understand that this is a lifelong, genuine commitment to God. You understand that. It's just one of the hardest things that happens is you baptize someone and a year later they wash their hands of the whole deal, you know? But it just happens. I, I, I can't see a man's heart. I can't see a man's heart. So I'm a bit of a hard sell. Don't come to me and ask to be baptized unless you understand what it's about, which is I want to be the disciple of Jesus Christ. It's nothing less than that. That's what I will require of you to understand. And I want to see it in your eye. I want to hear it in your voice. And uh, it's nothing less than that. Believer's baptism. Let me just say this to you. It says, I love God. I believe God. I trust God. I desire God. I will spend the rest of my life and eternity in pursuit of knowing God. I am wholly His, absolutely His, unconditionally His, joyfully His. That's what biblical baptism is there's a reason some of you may be sitting in here who haven't been baptized you've made a profession of faith you believe yourself to be born again you think you're a christian but you've not been baptized there's there's several reasons that may may have happened one might be ignorance you've just never studied it out for yourself or you've not been taught correctly another reason could simply be pride and I can relate to this. I was baptized at eight in a religious sense, denominational sense, and I wasn't converted till I was twenty-eight. So I'm an adult. And uh I'm converted and I've already been baptized. And so I had all this I had this kind of tangled mess in my mind that that I had to deal with. So there was some pride for me to 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 deal with there. Some I guess religious pride is the thing I would call call it. Some of you might just be indifferent. You you just it's just It's not on your screen. It's not important to you. Well, I'm going to make the case that it should be important to you. Jesus says it. Jesus got baptized. He didn't need to be baptized in the same sense that you and I do, but He was baptized. And then He commands us to be baptized. My my thing is, you know, the question is, does obedience matter to you? (laughs) It's supposed to matter to us obedience is supposed to matter to us beloved yeah we could be in defiance and obviously that's just sin or we could just be unregenerate we could we may not be born again we like to call ourselves christians but we we're not in a real relationship with god so there's no real desire to obey him in baptism so i'm, gonna, I'm just going to go through some things that we need to understand you say jim I wish I could get up and leave because I've been baptized. I don't need to hear this. Well, I think maybe... it. Okay, it doesn't hurt me at all to go through it. I hope it doesn't harm you any, right? Because as we talk about baptism, you get some sense of the love affair between God and His people. And so I was blessed this week as I studied through it once again. As we know... John the Baptist introduces baptism in the New Testament. I love what John Piper, American preacher, says about John's baptism of repentant Jews. He says, "...the Messiah has arrived and He will gather a new people for Himself." The mark of this new people is not ethnicity or religious conformity. It is inward repentance and faith. What counts in God's people is not your ethnicity or religiosity, but whom you love. It's what I said earlier. It's all about who you love, who you live for, what your life shouts to everyone around you. You know, everybody around you knows who you love. It's, it's yeah, it's in your life. It's in your words, it's in your actions, it's in your deeds, it's in your checkbook. Um these are just the truth. John the Baptist laid the foundation of the New Testament understanding of baptism. It's an outward symbol of an inward reality. John preached repentance, which is the changed heart. This is what I'm looking for when someone talks to me about being baptized. I'm trying to understand have they have they have they had the change of their heart? have they had their hearts circumcised has god taken out the heart of flesh and, or the heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh are they indeed born again again jesus was baptized john protested but jesus said let it be done in this way it is fitting that all righteousness be fulfilled he was the sinless son of god he didn't need to be baptized but he is simply our model And Christ is obedient in all aspects of the law. Okay? And so he's our model here. If the Son of God can be baptized, I think you can summon up the humility to be baptized as well as the sinless Son of God submitted to the ordinance. Not only was Jesus baptized, John 3 and 4 tells us that Jesus' men baptized. Okay, John 4, 1 and 2, Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus Himself was not baptizing, but His disciples were. So Jesus sanctioned the practice of baptism for all who came to Him. Jesus' disciples practice baptism as part of their ministry. So we see Jesus' example of being baptized, sanctioning baptism, and authorizing His uh, apostles to baptize. Jesus was all about baptism. So don't call yourself a Christian and say that you have some kind of scruple against baptism. Jesus was all about this, right? (laughs) Listen, again, when you come in here, we're going to talk about what the Bible says. I'm just... My job is simple. I tell you what the Bible says. You can take it or leave it. You can accept it or reject it. But my job is simply to tell you what the Bible says. And then your job is to act on it. Again, if you have questions, I'm always available to answer those questions. And then of course, as I alluded to earlier, we see the command of Jesus, Go ye therefore in all the world, making disciples, baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Several weeks um, after the resurrection of Jesus, we see Peter, after Pentecost, he preaches that first sermon. And he says, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The very first Christian sermon. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It was the first sermon. Okay? (laughs) It was the first sermon. We see Peter extend baptism in, in Acts 10 to Cornelius. He extends it to the to the Gentiles. So it's for everybody. Everybody who will repent and believe, it is for everybody. And of course, we see baptism in the life and ministry of, of the apostles. Paul was baptized and Paul baptized. Um so, it's yeah, it's part and parcel of the gospel movement. And I want to make sure we understand, believers' baptism is a God-ordained biblical practice. It's not man's idea. It's not even the church's idea. It's God's idea. So if you have a problem with being baptized, you have a problem with what God has clearly said. Right? It was begun by John, sanctioned by Jesus, practiced by the disciples, commanded by Jesus, administered by the apostles and the early church to all who genuinely came to Christ. This is not some practice some religious guys dreamed up. It's what God says. It's what God says in His Word. It's a great God-ordained, God-sanctioned, God-commanded celebration of the work God did in your heart. Right? You didn't born yourself again. You can't do that. God does that. And that's what baptism recognizes every born-again believer joyously obeys his lord and following him in believers baptism it's celebrating what god has done in your life and it's public here's the thing we can't miss it's just a public proclamation it it as one of my i can't remember now who said it but it's a sermon without words you say jim i'm not a preacher well if you claim to be a christian you are by your deeds and your words and your actions but the first sermon we should preach as christians as is you know in baptism i'm giving myself away to god head to toe as john piper says that's that's why we do full immersion here and i'll talk more about that in a minute head to toe i'm christ from head to toe i'm not holding anything back i died to myself i'm 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 buried with christ and i come up in resurrection life, to newness of life, to walk with God, to love God, to be gods. It's what baptism is meant to symbolize. You know 2 Corinthians 5.17, In Christ we are brand new. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. (laughs) Yeah, that's what baptism is commemorating. So I want to talk a minute about the mode of baptism I've been alluding to. Um... How do you practice it? You know, as you know, churches sprinkle and they dab and they pour and they do a lot of things you cannot find in Scripture. The Scripture is very, very clear. And in fact, for the first, I think, 13 centuries, it was universally practiced in the church, which was full immersion into the water and back out of the water. I think for the first 13 centuries... I. I my history may be a little fuzzy, but I'm almost positive that is correct. So, what does the Greek word mean? Baptizo, baptizo, baptizo. There, it's, it's. There's no debate here. In fact, what you have in your Bible, the word baptism is just a transliterated Greek word. It comes. It, it's not an English word. It's a transliterated Greek word, and it comes right over into the translation. It means. In fact, I heard a preacher say this week it would probably be better if it had been translated. It means immerse. That's what it means. Baptizo means to be immersed, to plunge. Um, let's see if I have any other synonyms. To be submerged, to dip. That's what the word means. So there's no real um, confusion here or serious. Scholarly debate. It's just what the word means. That's why we fully immerse. When we baptize we have a little thing that we bring in here and we put water in it and and then we we fully immerse. It's what we do as a church. Again, because we are a church that loves the word of God. Let me just give you a survey, New Testament real quick. Acts ten regarding Cornelius' household. Do not refuse the water for those to be baptized. John 3. Now John also was baptizing near Salim because there was much water. (laughs) Okay. Acts 8.36. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Acts 8.38. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, And he was baptized. Mark 1. And immediately coming up out of the water, Jesus saw the heavens opening and the Spirit descending. Acts 8 again. They, Philip and the eunuch, came up out of the water. It's clear what's happening on the pages of Scripture. This is full immersion. It's the perfect symbol We die to self, we go down under the water, we're buried in Christ, and we come back up in resurrection life. Death is over for us. Okay? That's the symbol. Death is over for me. Death cannot touch me. Yes, I'll pass out of this fallen, sinful body, but death will never touch me. Death can't have me. I belong to Christ. It's part of the symbol of baptism, beloved. It's just part of the symbol. You know the famous passage, Romans 6. There's no water in Romans 6, but here's the spiritual imagery. Okay? Let me just read part of it to you. Romans 6, four and 5, 3, 4, and 5. We are baptized into His death. Therefore, we have been buried with Him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with Him in, likeness, in His likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. This is not a religious ritual. This is a picture of what has happened to you. This is a picture that death is death has no hold on you. This is a picture that you are now walking in the power of Christ, right? You, you're spiritually resurrected. You've been born again. It's all a symbol. You know, um, pouring and splattering or dabbing, it doesn't conno- it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't communicate the symbolism of full immersion. You know, God doesn't do stuff for no reason. He doesn't say stuff for no reason. He doesn't say stuff and then expect men to change it or amend it or edit it. At least that's our position, obviously, in this church. So immersion perfectly mirrors what is happening on the pages of Scripture. We die to ourselves. It's not adding Jesus to your life as it sometimes talked about. It's not adding Jesus to your life. It's dying to yourself and giving yourself away to Jesus. So for these reasons, these biblical reasons, this church will administer baptism by full immersion. This doesn't have anything to do with denominationalism. It has everything to do with what the Bible clearly says. It's a head to toe thing. And, and let's just stop and ask. Is that how it is with you and Jesus? <laughs> is it a head to toe thing with you? I mean, I, and what I mean by that, are, do you still have some little area of your life over here that you've blocked off and that's, you know, that's that's your little area and God's not permitted there? And you think God doesn't see it or you think God doesn't care about it? Are you head to toe in with Christ? That's biblical Christianity. If you're not head to toe in Then you've not understood what He's called you to do. You've not understood what it means to call yourself a Christian. If you're not head to toe in, you know, you're all in, as I often say, you're all in or you're not in at all. This is the teaching of the Bible. This is the teaching of the Word of God, head to toe. Head to toe. Let me just interject. I think you all know this, but the Bible does not teach that, salvation, that, that, that baptism saves. right? I think we all know this. If we're biblically literate at all, we understand that baptism does not save. You don't have to be baptized to be saved. Uh, baptized, but baptism is simply a proclamation of, of what's happened in here. It's already happened. God did it. I've responded by uh, repentance and faith to the work that God has done in my heart. So so I want to make sure we're clear. Baptism doesn't have anything to do with salvation. It has everything to do with just proclaiming what God has done and who I am in Him. Baptism does not save. There's no magic in the water. So, let me spend the last few minutes looking at who should be baptized. You already know. I told you at the very beginning. Who should be baptized? Disciples. Basta. If you're not a disciple, don't get baptized. What is a disciple? What is the essence of the word disciple? A follower. A not, not merely a goer. You know... Some people say, Jim, you're always throwing off on church going. No, church going, you should come to church if you're a Christian. What, What I'm throwing off on is that that's the sum and substance of my professed Christianity. I go to church when it's not too inconvenient, right? The biblical warrant for baptism is discipleship. I follow Him because I love Him. So... Only disciples are to be baptized. Again, I direct you to Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Why do we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Obviously, because the Bible reveals the Trinity. The Father elects, the Son atones, and the Spirit regenerates. So, just a brief survey. Acts 2, 3,000 at Pentecost. Those who gladly received the Word were baptized. Not those who simply wanted to be religious Not those who wanted to feel good about themselves. Not those who, you know, were afraid of hell and wanted to check a religious box. Those who gladly received the word. They were baptized. Acts chapter 8. When they believed the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women, were baptized. Acts 8 again. The eunuch said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So Philip baptized Him. Acts 9. There fell off the eyes of Paul something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. Right? There's no, you know, no grass growing under Paul's feet. Acts 16. The house of Lydia. The Lord opened her heart to, to heed the things spoken by Paul and she and her household were baptized. Acts 18. In Corinth, and many of the Corinthians, hearing and believing, they were baptized. This is the biblical pattern. Now, if you were baptized in any other pattern, you've not been baptized in the way the Bible prescribes. Is that a problem? Well, I think it's a problem. You may not be convinced. I'll say it this way. You go talk to God about it. You study it out for yourself and you talk to God about it. Hey, I don't put pressure on anybody to be baptized. I know that many evangelical pastors, they just want to get people in the water. If you don't want to get in the water, I don't want you to get in the water. I am just going to tell you what the Bible says. And it's up to you. It's just between you and God. I'll tell you my story. Baptized at 8... Converted at 28, and I think I'm 34 or something. I don't even remember now. And, you know, if baptism saves, I've been baptized. If it doesn't save, what difference does it make? This was my argument, okay, in my head going on. And there was a lot of pride here. i got to walk down the aisle, man. And everybody knows I professed to be a Christian, you know, 30 years ago or something. There was a lot of pride in it, I think, for me. And I, I still remember I was out on my front porch. I was going to teach a Sunday school class that morning. And I was out on my front porch and I was studying for the Sunday school class. didn't have anything to do with baptism. But the Lord came to me and said, Do you love me enough to be baptized now that you're mine? And I... I it, wasn't, it wasn't audible. I've never heard an audible voice. But it was as clear as it could be in my heart. And I... Went down the aisle that day, you know, and people were like, what? You know, <laughs> I was already a deacon. This makes people nuts, right? What's going on with Jim? And it convicts people. Well, you know, yeah, we know Jim has changed. We know he's kind of wacky now, but, but what's he doing? He's a deacon. I'd never obeyed God on baptism. You think you got pride issues? Be the deacon of a Southern Baptist church in Little Rock, Arkansas. You talk about pride issues. So, the biblical pattern is conversion, baptism, basta. That's all it is. It's not rocket science. It is not rocket science. So, it's the kind of baptism I'm talking about when we take communion. You know, I always say those who have been, who have made a profession of faith in Christ and followed Him in believer's baptism, there is a biblical, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, propriety here. The biblical propriety would be, I'm baptized before I before I start coming to the Lord's table. You're not going to find a verse on that, but there's some propriety here. The first thing we ought to do, it's not always true for all of us, including me, the first thing we ought to do is submit for baptism. Once we realize we're born again, once we realize that we're in that relationship, once we realize God has saved us, we should submit ourselves for the ordinance of baptism. It should be the initiating act. So as we truly repent of our sin and come to Christ as adults. You know I, I again I don't know my 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 history was confusing and it was a mess. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not going to this is what happens in many denominations. They just kind of pump people through. And they want people to do the formula, right? And and I got pumped through like everybody else. And I'm 30 something years old and I don't I, I you know, I have to read the Bible for myself. My preacher can't even explain it to me because it's against his theology. That I would, you know, I was I was a Christian at 8. Well, I can tell you I wasn't a Christian at 8. I used to cuss people out on the university campus who came and witnessed to me. You're going to tell me I was born again at 8? I can tell you for sure I wasn't. I was the furthest thing from a lover of Christ and a follower of Christ until Christ did the work. Karen had the same experience. Uh, So we both were baptized as children. She grew up in the same tradition I grew up in. We both were baptized as children. Um, It's what children did. And um, she was converted much later. Karen and I made the same decision separately Um, while our baptisms made us members of the church, it certainly did not have anything to do with conversion, but we were both subsequently baptized as we came under conviction about obedience. Listen, I've baptized, I don't know how many people now. I'm going to say 30-something maybe. Every one of them, you know what it comes down to for every one of them? Obedience. You just can't run from it. If, if you're going to have integrity with the Bible, it comes down to obedience. That's the obvious truth of the matter. So, as one preacher said, Believer's baptism is a sermon without words. I shared that with you earlier. That's, that is indeed what it is. Some of you need to preach. <laughs> Amen. Every one of you may, it, it may just be right for you. Every one of you may have, you know, come through this thing perfectly. And, and you know, biblically. And you, you, went to a, you went through a good church as a young person and, and they knew how to teach and they knew how to process uh, baptisms and, and it was all done well. And I, I pray that's true for all of you, but I'm preaching to the, the one or two in here right now that that's not true of. My, my, my encouragement to you is take stock of where you are. Before God, listen to the Lord. You talk to Him about it. I'm not going to put any pressure on you. That's not my job. My job is to tell you what the Bible says, and then you do the work with God. And if you have questions, please come to me. Please come to me. I'd be happy to try to answer any questions that you may have. So. Some of you may be saying, Jim, sounds like you're trying to get some of us baptized. Of course I am. If you need to be baptized, I exhort you to be baptized. I exhort you to obey the Word of God. What would preclude a true believer from disobeying the Word of God? You come tell me. If you have a good answer, I want to hear it. Jim, it doesn't matter. Yes, it matters. Obedience matters to God. Obedience has always mattered to God. Right? Be doers of the Word. It's not hard. <laughs> but yeah, you look silly in a robe maybe, but you, know, you don't have to wear a robe here. You can just... It's between you and the Lord. So... I'll just say this. Here's my invitation. If you've been born again, you've repented of your sins and received Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have not been baptized as the Bible prescribes, regardless of what religious ceremonies your parents had you involved in as an infant or a child, I call you to celebrate what God has done in your life by following Jesus Christ in believer's baptism. This is not about denominations. This is about God and His Word and you. It's a God-ordained, God-sanctioned, God-commanded celebration of the work of God done in the heart of every true believer. Jesus Christ says the most amazing thing to you and me, and I'm done. You know what Jesus Christ says to His people? It gives me goosebumps still. I still remember sitting at seminary when... I was sitting there. I was on a visit to the seminary that I was thinking about going to. You know, I'm sitting there at the fountain, and and I'm thinking, man, this is crazy. I can't do this. I'm 42 years old. I've got a job. I've got you know kids getting ready to go to university, and this is nuts. I can't do this. And I'm sitting there at that fountain, and and Jesus, he, <laughs> you know, what he always says, he says, follow me, Jim. And I said. I'm not man enough to do this, Lord. He says, I know you're not. Of course you're not. You're a punk. <laughs> you know? Of course he's nicer than that. But I'm God enough. I'm God enough. Jesus says to you and me, anyone who anyone who would repent and believe, follow me. And I just want to ask you, if you've ever gotten a better invitation than to walk with the living God, you you please, after the service, you come tell me an invitation that was better than that, okay? To walk with the most beautiful, compelling, desirable, awesome, intellectually stimulating being in the cosmos. If you've got a better invitation, I'd like to know about it. But Jesus says, follow me. It's an invitation that's open to all who would repent and believe. The first step is believer's baptism. So I exhort you with Peter's words from Acts chapter 2. Repent. And let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We are going to celebrate the Lord's table tonight.